made for something. You're made for something. Amen? Your life is never going to be the same after this week. Do you hear me? You're going back different. You're going back knowing what's on the inside of you. You're going back moving in the spirit. You're going back with impartations. You're going to turn your areas upside down. You hear me? I'm going to pray and then we can be seated. We're going to jump in the word and we're going to let God do what he do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father God, I thank you for the anointing to stand and feed in the strength of you. I thank you, Father, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that as we dig into the word tonight, the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened and we will know the hope of your calling and we will know the rich inheritance that belongs to us as saints and we will know the exceeding greatness of your resurrection power that is working in and for us as believers. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. What's the theme of the conference? It's May. It's called May. Now, I'm a studious person. I can't start without giving you a definition of what May is. And everybody behind me is going to give you definitions of that word May. But I want to start out with this. You need to pay attention to these things. You're going to get some things this week. But the word made means put together of various ingredients assured for success. (laughs) I'll read it again. Put together of various ingredients assured of success. That's what it means to be made. And I want to talk to you tonight about living the made life. Amen? I don't care what your life looks like right now. There is a prearranged good life that God has already made for you. And you'll have to do two things I want to share with you. Two things you'll have to do to walk in it. One, you'll have to change the way you think. Especially the way you think about yourself. And then two, you have to change the way you talk, especially the way you talk about yourself. Okay? So we're going to live this made life. God's our, he's got a life made for you. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I am going to read it from the Amplified. You can read it from whatever Bible you have. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, be created in Christ Jesus born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, listen to this part, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. So you got your future in mind. Which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. Here's the part I love. Living the good life. I mean, that's shout ground right there. Living the good life. Amen? Living the good life that he what? Prearranged and made ready for us to live. 
That's a good life. Well, well, well Pastor, my, my life don't look so good right now. I see what's going on in the world. It, it, life doesn't look so good right now. Did God create the world? How could life be good? Listen, God created the earth, but he gave it over to Adam to have dominion. Adam committed high treason, gave it to Satan. Jesus came, shed his blood, and gave it back to us in his name. See, I want you to think about something because people will throw this out to you. Now, you know, Mercedes-Benz, they make cars, don't they? They make really good cars, don't they? But once Mercedes-Benz makes the car, they give it to the owner. Once the owner takes possession of the car, Mercedes-Benz is no longer responsible for what the owner does with it. Now, Mercedes' intent is that the vehicle be driven safely. If they put all kind of advanced safety features in it. They make sure you're comfortable. They make sure you have the best ride. And they even give you a manual and tell you what to do with the car and not what to do with it and how to maintain it. Now, if it breaks down, if it tears up, whose fault is it? It's the owner's fault. Amen? And so sometimes people blame God. Well, we're all God's uh, children. No, you're God's creation. Yeah, right. To be his child, you have to receive Jesus. Yeah. And it's the same way that people blame God for stuff, but he put man in charge of it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take away God's intent. That's why you have to look at Jesus so you can know what he provided for you. And we're going to show you that tonight. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and let me show you what you need to do. Amen. I want to show you that God laid everything out for you so that you could have this good life. There's no excuse for not living this good life if you follow what the word says. God's not hiding a good life from you. Amen. God's not hiding a good life from you if you'll choose to look at his word. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 9 through 12 says, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us. How? By his spirit. The spirit searcheth all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Why? That we might freely know the things that are given to us of God. We're supposed to know. So not only does God tell you, hey, I recreated you in Christ Jesus. I put some things in you. And now I have revealed this plan by my spirit. It's a good life made for you to live. But you will have to cooperate with God to experience it. Do you understand me? It just don't fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. You'll have to participate. You'll have to do some things. And we're going to show you what to do. Let's talk about this first thing. How do I experience this good life? The first thing you need to do is change the way you think. So let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want to 
share with you just a little bit about your three-part nature so you can see the importance of your thought life. Amen? Say this with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Let's say it again. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Your spirit, man, is the real you. That's the part that's been recreated in Christ Jesus. Born anew, ready to do good works. You have God's nature on the inside of you when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You always want to do what's right because you have a new nature. The new man on the inside of you always, listen to me closely, he always wants to do what's right. He always wants to do spiritual things. He always does. Always, because you have God's nature on the inside of you. Do you understand me? Now, that second part, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That, some, we have to do something with that. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says this, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you an example of what that's like. How many of you here have a computer? Laptop. Man, anybody ever play those games on the computer, those big-time games? You know, they get paid millions of dollars to play now. See, when you get born again, it's like getting that new computer. You upgrade the computer. And when you, when you upgrade the computer, there's a few things that, that get changed. So, like, let's say your hard drive, that's your spirit, man. So when you get born again, you get a new hard drive. Now, when you get a new hard drive, they put everything that the maker wants on that hard drive. Put all the programs on it. Put all the software. You get a heavenly software package. And that heavenly software package is designed to do everything that the Father wants you to do. Now, that's brand new. You get that. Okay? Now, your spirit is like the CPU. That's the central processing unit. What does the CPU do? It carries out the instructions that it receives from the software program on the hard drive, which is brand new, right? And then you have the video screen. That's your body. It displays whatever is going on internally. You understand me? So here's what people do. When they get born again, they get the whole package, the Microsoft Office from heaven. They get all the apps, and God puts it on your spirit. But here's what people do. They don't get a new CPU. Because if you don't, listen, when you upgrade a powerful computer and you get a big old hard drive, a solid-state hard drive that can run like it's supposed to run, but you don't, put the, you don't upgrade that CPU, the computer will never function like it's supposed to. So you got to put Intel inside. Y'all remember that commercial? They make those Intel microchip CPU. There's Intel inside. I mean, they upgraded the speed. They upgraded the processing ability. See, when you feed on the word of God, you get heaven inside. So your CPU, which is your soul, now begins to be upgraded so it can function with the spirit hard drive that's on the inside and God can run all his programs through you. When you upgrade that CPU, when you renew your mind to the word of God and you get that instruction from your spirit, your body will start to display what heaven looks like. That's why it's important to renew your mind. 
to the word of God. Amen. Do you understand that? Let me show you. Go to Romans chapter 12 and let's look at verse 3. You have to take care of your thought life. The first thing we got to do is renew our mind because God put the plan on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of our spirit, inside our body, and he communicates to us through our spirit. But if your mind is not renewed to the word of God, you won't be able to detect when he's bearing witness with your spirit. That's why we need to feed on the word. Amen? Let me show you. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of... You have to think soberly. To think soberly is to think according to the word of God. Romans 10, 17 tells us what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you're thinking God's thoughts, you're not thinking more highly than you ought to think. You're coming up to his level of thinking. So when God shows you that you're righteous, he's, he, you know he put that in the word so you can think it? What did that song say? I am who you say I am. Before you can say that, you have to think it. And so when you, when you say, I'm the righteousness of God, people say, well, who do you think you are? I'm righteous. God says I am. Well, you, you're thinking more highly than you ought to think of yourself. No, you're not. The word says I can think it. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 says, Jesus has been made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, Jesus knew no sin, and God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for me, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. So no matter how I feel, because I receive Jesus and I believe in what his death, burial, and resurrection has provided for me, I am righteous. God gave it to me. I'm supposed to think that way. Do you understand that? So, so if you think low of yourself, thinking you're being humble, what, you, what you're really doing is thinking more highly than you all think. How is that? Because you've taken your thoughts and your opinions of yourself, although they're low, and you've placed them above what God thinks about you. Although it's low thinking, you're thinking more highly than you ought to think of yourself because you're not taking on God's way of thinking. Go to Isaiah 55. Let me show you something. So to think like the word says you are in Christ, now you're going to have, you know where you renew your thinking at in the letters. Romans, the Jew, those are the letters written to the church. They tell you who you are in Christ. You, you'll see phrases in there like in him, in whom, through him. See, that's the way, that way you're supposed to think. That's where you need to spend the bulk of your time meditating and studying. Why? Because it's written to the church. It's our covenant. Amen? So that's where you learn how to live. That's where you learn how to make decisions. Amen? Look at this in Isaiah 55, verse 7. I want to share this with you quickly because when you think according to the word, you're thinking soberly. You're not thinking higher than you ought to think. You're coming up to God's level of thinking through his word. Let me show you. 
Amen? Amen. Isaiah 55, 7 through 11 says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and snow from heaven, and return not thither, but watereth the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. God's thoughts are revealed to us through his word. Amen? He said, listen, to return unto God is to return unto his word in your thinking. Remember John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. You can't separate God from his word. To think in line with God, you have to think in line with his word. It's a high level of thinking. It's a made life. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 17. I'm going to show you this, and we'll talk a little bit about your speaking. What you think of yourself and what you say about yourself is very important. Amen? And it needs to be in line with what God says and not what the culture says and not what the rap songs say and not what the television say. And not what the Facebook posts say. And the YouTube videos. Amen? I just want to show you this because it's important. If, if I could have learned this at your age, there's a lot of things I wouldn't have chased. You have a lot of people living frustrated lives because they're trying to live something they weren't made for. The ingredients, the heavenly ingredients that God put on the inside of you through the Holy Ghost, it don't match with the life people are trying to live. That's why you don't have any peace living raggedy. That's why. That's why you don't have any peace looking like the world and doing everything else the world does. You don't have any peace because you weren't made for it. You weren't made to look like the world. You were made to change it. You were made to influence it for Jesus. Amen? You know, you know what really drawn me to get after God? People I knew and my peers were doing something different. They weren't looking like everybody else. Amen? It, it was something distinctively different about them. The way they carried themselves. The way they talked. Amen? They, they were fashionable people. They were cool, but it was something different about them. And, and you know what was impressive to me? They were not changing anything about who they were to fit in or to win anybody. It's like, I know who I am. You can take it or leave it. See, when you know something's good, you don't compromise when you offer it to someone. Amen. You know, when you got a good hamburger and you tell your buddy, hey, man, this hamburger good. You want a piece? I cut your half. They say, no, nah, that's all right. You be like, fine, more for me. You don't sit there and try to rebake the hamburger, take onions off the hamburger, take cheese off the hamburger to try to get them to try it. 
You don't do that. You're like, this hamburger good just like it is. Yeah, right. Then why do we do that with the gospel? Listen, Romans 1.16 says the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God to everyone who believes. And I say, well, I, that didn't work. Well, did you believe it? Be, well, no, I don't know if I believe it. It didn't work. Well, it's not supposed to work for you. It works for everyone who believes. So if you don't believe it, it's working like it's supposed to work. It works for the ones who believe. It don't work for the ones who don't believe. I'm just trying to offer you some power. If you don't want to, fine, I'll go help someone else. That's the attitude we need to take. Why? Because when you know who you are, you know what you've been made to do, you know what the power is. Listen, you don't have to change it for anybody. It'll change them. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Amen? Don't compromise the made life that God has for you. Look at this. The direction of your thinking will affect the direction of your life. It will. Let me show you. You're in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Let's start reading. It says, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth, listen to what it says, walk not as other Gentiles walk. How? In the vanity of their mind, in the uselessness of their mind. They didn't apply their mind to anything. You can't afford to let your mind wander. You can't afford to veg out for hours at a time. You need to direct your mind towards the scriptures. You need to roll the scriptures over and over in your thinking. It does matter what you think. You cannot walk around with your mind in neutral. You know what that's like? You ever put a car in neutral? When your mind is in neutral, you'll get pushed anywhere. You put a car in neutral, you could push it forwards or you could push it backwards. If you put that bad boy in drive, it's not going anywhere but forward. If you put it in reverse, it's not going anywhere but backwards. But if you put it in neutral, I can push it anywhere I want to. And when you leave your mind in neutral, the uselessness of your mind. Anyone who wants to influence your walk, they will. So you better put it to something. Why not put it to the good life that's prearranged and made ready for you to live so you can take the right paths? Because how you think is how you will walk. Look at what happened. He says, in the useless or in the vanity of their mind. Listen to this part. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness, which is unbridled lust, no self-control. Said, so Listen, the devil didn't even have to do it. They gave themselves over to it. Why? Because they refused to do something with their thought life. You think right now nobody knows your thought life, but it will show up in your life and in your actions. You know, sometimes people look at, look at, at the TV screen and see children do stuff, and they say, what were they thinking? Just what they were doing? That's what they were thinking. That's why they did it. That's not a rhetorical question. When you somebody, what, what were they thinking? What they were doing? 
You don't do anything without thinking about it. And see, the devil will have you to think that you can secretly think about stuff and it not show up in your life. That's a lie from the pit of hell. We are, and listen, it'll show up two places. Well, you think it'll show up in your mouth and it'll show up in your actions. Because the more you talk about it, your body's going to start going in that direction. So I would be very careful of who I would allow to influence my thought life. I wouldn't let any low-level thinking in my mind. And you can control what you think. You have the power to tell your mind what to think. How many lights in this room? Yeah, how many lights in this room? Stop, 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 stop. Y'all were not thinking about those lights until I said something. Soon as I said that, everybody started looking up. Because you start thinking, how many lights? He asked me a question. So let me think about it. You just proved to me right here you can control what you think. You just turned it to the lights. So just as easily as you turned your thinking to the lights, you can turn it to the word. And keep it there. You can think on whatever you choose to think on. You have that power. You have that free will to do that. You have to choose. See, God will keep you in perfect peace if you'll keep your mind stayed on him. That's Isaiah 26.3. And to keep your mind stayed on God, you're going to have to keep it stayed on the word. You know, old Baptist song we used to sing, Woke this morning with my mind Stayed on Jesus Woke up this morning with my mind Stayed on Jesus I woke up this morning with my mind Stayed on Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. See, you, you can wake up with your mind stayed on it. See, you can wake up in the morning with your mind stayed on healing. You can wake up in the morning with your mind stayed on deliverance. You can wake up in the morning with your mind stayed on faith. You can wake up in the morning with your mind stayed on love. You can wake up in the morning with your mind stayed on power. You can wake up in the morning with your mind stayed on prosperity. You can wake up in the morning with your mind stayed on anything God told you, you can put it on. Don't you let the world tell you you can't think on what you can think on. You have that ability. And so your mind goes in that direction. Now, now let's read a little bit more, and then I got to talk about your talking. He says here in verse 19, says, Who being past feelings have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work. All uncleanness. They decided to work something because of where they put their mind. But listen to this next part. They worked all uncleanness with greediness, but verse 20 says, but you, the believer, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth as in Jesus, that you put off, the, uh, off concerning the former conversation in the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You can be taught how to think. Let Jesus teach you how to think. Let the word teach you how to think. That's how you let Jesus teach you how to think. That's why you come to church to learn. You come to church to learn. 
Just like my, father, my grandfather used to tell me when I go to school, he said, baby, make sure you get your lesson. That's why you come to church. You got to get your lesson. That's why you're here. You got to get your lesson. You got to learn how to think. Amen? Amen? Let him teach you through the word what to put your mind on. Because the direction of your thinking will be the direction of your walking. Amen? Amen. We got that? All right. Now, let's go to James chapter 3. No, no. Go to James chapter 10. John 10, excuse me. Now, let's talk about changing the way we talk. Why is talking important? It charge your course, man. Where your mouth goes, your body will follow. Amen? See, that's, that's why thinking is important so we can learn what to say. See, we meditate on it and you think on it, you start talking it. You know, like when those new J's come out. Y'all not thinking about Jordans. He's definitely not thinking about you. He's just thinking about your money. Amen? He, that's, that's the only reason he make those tissues. He wants your money. He do charity events because in the back end, he wants your money. He got to keep a rapport so he can keep getting your money. But see, when you see those new J's, you go, man, them new J's banging. <laughs> then you get on the phone, hey, man, you see those new J's? <laughs> and then you get the picture. Then you take it and post it on Facebook, man, I'm, I'm getting these. See, what are you doing? See, you see something, it strikes an interest, it strikes the mind, you, it, and listen, and then they start showing you all your favorite people you like to watch play basketball and all of that, and what do they do? They attach an emotion to it. Why? Because it sticks in the mind. And because it's sticking in the mind, guess what you're doing? You're talking about it. And when you're talking about it, and their birthday coming up, and mama say, what well, you want for your birthday? What's the first thing come out of your mouth? Those new J's. Well, how did that come about? See, you, you verbalized it. Anything you keep in the forefront of your thinking in a repetitive nature, you're going to start to verbalize it. And the more you talk about it, the more you're going to walk in that direction. Amen? That's how I got past the Victoria. She wasn't interested in me at first. But when I saw her, I started thinking. I was intimidated at first, you know, because she, she got it going on. She's sharp lady. Yeah, she's sharp, for real. She's sharp. I didn't think she would give me the time of day. But one day she said something to me. That's all it took. That's all it took. That's, it. That's all it took, man. And I started talking. <laughs> because, see, I had already been thinking. I had already been meditating. She gave me an opportunity to talk. And if it's one thing that I can do, I can talk. And you know what I did? I kept talking. And I kept talking. And I kept talking. Old folks call it game. I just told the truth. I didn't play no games. Amen. I quit school because I had recess. I don't play. 
But I kept talking, and you know what she did? She kept listening. Till one day I got up enough courage to say, will you marry me? And you know what she did? She said yes. I really think Jesus appeared to her and said, listen, the boy needs some help. He going to ask you to marry him. Will you just marry him, help him? Because, see, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from God. See, I, I got a good thing. Amen? Because God gives you faith. He'll give you a good thing if you learn how to walk and talk right. Amen? So, so let's go over here. I told you, John 10, 10, Jesus said this. I came that, listen, the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have life and have it why? More abundantly. Now, to get that made life, that abundant life, guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to get it in your mouth. Go to Proverbs chapter 18. You have to get that life, that word, in your mouth. Jesus said in John 6 and 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So this abundant life, I got to get it off the pages of the Bible and get it into my mouth, filled with my mouth. Why? So that I can speak it so my life goes in the direction of the abundant life. The devil don't come to do but one thing, steal, kill, and destroy. And you know how he does it? He wants to strike the mind so you'll meditate on it and start talking it so you'll go in the direction of death instead of going in the direction of life. That's why I told you you need to get it in your mouth. You have to get the word in your mouth. You have to talk it. If you're talking, you're walking. Amen? I think the, I think the kids be listening to some rap song. Come on, talk it like you're walking. See, I've been listening to see what you've been listening to by your response. See, see, Jesus was the original rapper, best rapper ever. I, t- I met some guys up one day at the barber shop. I said, man, who the greatest rapper of all time? They started naming Tupac, Biggie. I said, no, nah, dog. It's Jesus. They looked at me strange. like, you one of those cats? I said, listen, who, who else words raise the dead and don't even rhyme? so cold, he told somebody, hey, if you believe in me, you can use my name too. That's Will you give me words that can raise the dead and they don't have to be clever? Will you give me words that they bring life and they bring, they push fear out of me and push depression out of me? That's, that's some serious words. Don't even have to rhyme because they truth. The only reason you can rhyme is because the words that he spoke, they hold the earth together. They created these worlds. They created time. The only reason you can rhyme is because he spoke. He's the greatest rapper of all time. Words are sweet. Words that heal. Words that set free. This is a word plenty. They're his words. And you've been authorized to use words. If you put a value on them, believe them and speak them. Proverbs 18, 20 and 21 says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are what? Are in the what? Are in the what? Are in the what? 
And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. So what's in your mouth? What are you going to speak? You got to speak life. You have to get the words from somewhere. Amen? Go to Romans chapter 10. I want to show you this and then. All right, don't do it. Romans 10. Let me show you this principle. There's a way that faith speaks. You know what? I'm going to change on you guys. Go to James chapter 3. I need to show you this in James. James chapter 3. Look at verse 2. Where the mouth goes, the body will follow. If you don't want to go there, don't think there, and definitely don't talk there. See, you know, I grew up listening to this statement. Sticks and stones may break my bones. The names will never hurt me. Words hurt. Proverbs say they get those wounds like that of a tailbearer go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Words affect us. If I ask, some of you can remember words that people have said to you 20 years ago that changed your life and encouraged you, and you can remember words that someone said to you that tore you down. But you got to learn how to speak to yourself. It's okay to talk to yourself if you talk the word. And it's okay to answer yourself if you answer back with the word. Listen, someone's always talking to you, whether you realize it or not. I would be very careful about who I let talk to me. And I would be very careful about who I repeat. I wouldn't do that. Amen? So let's go here. James chapter 3, 2 through 6. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. I want to show you this principle. You got to talk right. You have to think right. You have to talk right. It's a choice. You have to choose. Listen, I know, listen, before I read this, because I want you to understand something. Some of you may look at your life right now, and you're in some predicaments not by your own choosing. Been there, done that. My dad got addicted to crack, tore up our family. I was 15, 16 years old. If I could have learned this. See, sometimes adults, because they don't know certain things, they make choices that they think are right. It doesn't give you the right to dishonor them and disrespect them. But if you, if you keep your attitude right, if you keep your thinking right, God can help you. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. Because sometimes you're experiencing things by, because of somebody else's choices. But you can still choose how you respond to them. Because when my dad got addicted to crack, I, I, fear set in. That's why, that's why I love that song. Jesus, you changed everything. I've been there. No hope. My dad had gone, well, who's going to protect us? Who's going to provide? Who's going to teach me? Who's going to show me? And then the fear turns to anger. Because you done left me out here to fend for myself. But see, one thing I'm so thankful that my mother never let me do that. And she taught me how to forgive.
You know why that's important? Because, because she taught me that, God starts sending people. See, she made me keep my attitude right. You're going to still respect people. You're going to still say thank you. You're going to still say please. Some of y'all just need some manners. I'm starting a national campaign, bring back home training, because the people need it. I'm going to start with the adults. That's why the children don't have it. No, really. I, I've seen some stuff going on in the store. I wanted to stop and say, later, I'm going to take you and your daughter and, and deal with y'all. But what I'm saying is because she taught me how to keep the attitude right, God could send people to help me. And so even though I may have been dealing with that, God got me exposed to things because he was sending people. But if I was so jacked up in my thinking, and if I had an old funk attitude and a nasty attitude, say, I don't need your help. You're not my daddy. You're not my mama. I would have missed out on a lot. See, God knows, listen, if something's lacking, God knows how to make it up. But you have to believe that he will. God uses people. And the devil uses people. And the word will help you discern, and the Holy Ghost will help you discern who God is using and who the devil's using. Amen? God wants to help you, but you have to watch how you talk. You have to watch how you respond with your words. Because it either opens the door to God's best or it'll close it. Let me show you. You're in James chapter 3, verse 2 from the Amplified. It says, For we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. If anyone does not offend his speech, that word offend means to break a principle. So you can really read it this way. If anyone doesn't break the principle of speech, never says the wrong things. Listen to this part. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. He says he's a fully developed character. And a perfect man, a mature man. Listen to this part. Able to control his whole body and curb his entire nature. If you can say the right thing, if you can learn the correct principles of speech from the word of God, you can control it. You can live holy. Quit saying you can't. You can keep yourself until marriage. Quit saying you're burning. If you don't want your body to go there, don't talk there. Let's read some more. Verse 3 says, if we set bits in the horse's mouth to make them obey us, we could turn about their whole body. Remember, your spirit, soul, and body. Your soul's your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your spirit is the part that gets born again. Your body is just the house you live in. And your tongue will control where your body goes. The scripture just told us that. You are not your body. See, listen, your body, your flesh, don't ever want to do what's right. So don't think there's something wrong with you because your flesh don't feel like it. Your spirit man always does. So listen, see, here's what happened. Here's where the confusion gets in. Because people are more in tune to their bodies because their body is doing something, they say, I. 
and they're not their bodies. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, he said, I keep under my body. Who keeps on his body? The real him, the man on the inside. The inward man that gets renewed day by day. Your flesh, your fittest, well, it won't feel right all the time. That's okay. You keep saying on the inside, you agree what's on the inside of you with what's on the inside of you. The word will tell you what's on the inside of you. That's why Paul told the church of Romans, uh, well, wait a minute, let me get that right. That is Romans 9, 1. I say the truth in Christ and I lie not. My conscience doing what? Bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. See, your spirit man agree when you speak the word on the inside. He'll agree with you. Amen. See, your spirit man, he just alone for the ride. That's why when you take your body places, see when you make a decision in your soul to take your body places, while on the inside, your conscience starts to speak up and say, hey, I didn't want to go there. Why you take me there? Because your spirit is alive to God. So anytime you take it and do something, take your body somewhere and do something against the will of God, guess what your spirit man going to say? Man, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. What are you taking us over there for? Why are you taking us to hang out with them? You know what they talk like. You know what they think like. You know how they think. You know what they're trying to do. Why are you taking us over there? I wish you'd get your mind renewed. See, because people think that their body is craving it, that that's them. No, the real you is on the inside. He always wants to do what is right. Amen? But you have to say it. You have to speak it. Verse 4, likewise, look at the ships. No, let me go back to verse 3. If we set bits in the horse's mouth to make them obey us, we could turn about the whole bodies. Verse 3, you know what a bit is in a horse? A bit, they said the bit in the horse's mouth. I used to think that the bit would pull on the corners of the horse's mouth, but that's not what it does. You know what the bit does? It puts pressure on the tongue. So it puts pressure on the tongue so that the horse will follow wherever the tongue goes. So what's the bit in this example? The bit is the word. If you want your body to walk in the will of God, take the bit of the word of God and put it on your tongue and keep it there. And your body will follow. Now, the next part of that verse, it talks about the ship. And it says the ship, although they be what? So great. And then it says this, it's driven of fierce winds and the waves. It says, but yet it is turned by what? A small rudder based on the man that's on the inside, whether soever the governor listens or the captain that's steering it. So here's the thing. You got this big old ship, and you got this pressure from the outside that's trying to alter the course of the ship. But even though there's pressure from the Outside, the one that's on the inside can control the direction. If you learn to talk right, you can chart any course that God has for you 
regardless of what your mama may have done or not done, or your parents, or regardless of the pressure from the outside, if you will learn how to talk right, you can chart that course, you can take those paths, living the good life that he prearranged and made ready to live. Do you understand me? You're going to get pressure from the outside. You're going to get stuff to try to drive you. That's not going away. But don't let that stop you. Keep talking right. You'll go there. And the word has to tell you to talk right. See, that's why you got to come to church. Why? So we can teach you how to talk right. So we can teach you how to talk right. Go to Romans 10, our last scripture that I got. Just hold your, hold your spot right there. I'm going to give you this last example, and then I'm going to minister to you. You know, there are, how do I do this, Lord? Talking right from the word is a principle that works every time. And I'm going to tell you what I liken it to. Anybody in here ever flown an airplane? Mm -hmm. The airplane operates based upon the, the law of thrust and the law of air. The reason the plane stays on the ground is because it's the law of gravity. The law of gravity always works. The law of gravity is not leaving the earth. It's not. It's not going anywhere. Anything that comes off the ground is going to fall to the ground 9.8 meters per second. That's one thing I learned in science class that I didn't forget. That's why you could drop a bowling ball and a tennis ball at the same time. They'll both hit it around at the same time. That law is not going anywhere. But if you can learn to apply the law of thrust, and the law of lift, you could travel above the law of gravity. Anytime you choose to apply the law of thrust and the law of lift, you can live above what's trying to pull you down. Amen. What's trying to pull you down is not going anywhere. There will always be people in the earth who don't know God. And when they don't know God, they're going to do terrible, evil things. You're going, to have, you're going to always have people with wrong motives. Until they change and follow Jesus, or until Jesus returns, you, you're going to have that. Yeah. But if you can apply spiritual principles from the word, you can live above it. Racism is not going anywhere, but it doesn't have to affect you. Hate is not going anywhere, but it doesn't have to affect you. If you can learn to talk right and think right, like the law of thrust and the law of lift, you can live above what's trying to pull you down. But you got to apply it. It has to be applied. The moment thrust stops, guess what's going to the plane? Guess what's going to happen to the plane? It's going down. The moment you stop thinking right, stop talking right, guess where you're going? Amen? Stand on your feet. It, it, listen, it doesn't, 
You can think right. You can think right. You can talk right. Because God says you can. Amen? Now, what's the first step in the thinking right and talking right? The first thing you got to do is you got to receive that abundant life. You got to receive Jesus. Divide your hands with me for a minute. If there's anyone here today, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to come and receive him today because this is important. Because you need to be born again to have the life and nature of God on the inside of you so that the scripture come alive to you. That's the first step. And if that's you today, there's no need to be ashamed. Come up here and receive Jesus. That song we just sing, he changes everything. He changes everything. He changed everything for me. And he'll change everything for you. That's the first step. I just want to give, I want to open up this way because I want to give people an opportunity to receive him because it does no good for me to tell you about what's provided for you in Christ if you haven't received him as your Savior, as your Lord, and become born again. Amen? Just give you a moment. No pressure. Here's the second thing I want to do. If you've been battling with thoughts, you know what I've been talking about? Thinking you can put your mind on whatever God tells you, you can put it on. And you've been having issues with your thought life. Not being able to hold it on the word. Things been putting pressure on you. Things been dogging your track. And you want relief from that tonight. You want to go back different, meet me up here at this altar. God wants to help you tonight. That thing doesn't.